Hey, this is Doc Washburn. We often hear from longtime listeners who wonder why we so rarely put out audio podcasts anymore. People ask, what happened to me? Well, here's the answer. When we made the decision to transfer to video interviews, a friend of ours who has been in the entertainment industry for many years told us unless we got some interns to help us produce the show, it was going to be much more time-consuming than doing just audio. We had no idea how right he was. So we're looking for someone to help us produce our video interviews, and we hope to be able to generate audio episodes more often soon. In the meantime, here's the audio from our latest video interview, which is now available on YouTube. Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show. Our guest today is Denise Gary Pandel, Republican candidate for the United States Senate from California. According to her website, she is a political scientist with a lifelong passion for government service who earned degrees in political science with an advanced degree in international relations at the University of Southern California. Her central focus has remained on issues of national security. Whether there were more people in Congress focused on national security. Ms. Gary Pandel, thank you for joining us. How are you today? Thank you, Doc Watchburn. It's just a pleasure and an honor to be with you and your listening audience today. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Now, why are you running for the U.S. Senate from California? Well, sir, I was looking at what was going on in the world after Biden was elected. And somebody I'm the only, by the way, candidate that's had top secret clearances and worked for a number of years on national security issues to keep you safe and every American safe in this country and in our beautiful state of California. And when I looked at what uh, Biden was doing in terms of shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, which, of course, the oil and gas industry is a national security industry, sir. Uh, You know, we have to have it. And uh, President Trump was absolutely right in trying to protect and and promote and preserve that industry in order that we might have energy independence. And if I could just segue for just a minute to let people understand how much of a concern this is to me, and it should be to every American. China has discovered now trillions of cubic feet of gas in the South China Sea, and they won't let any other nation state get close to it. China has also found billions of barrels of untapped oil in the South China Sea. So in light of the fact that Russia, which is a great big gas station (laughs) that can help China out, China having found these reserves, on top of the fact that there are Middle Eastern countries that are now supporting the China's Belt and Road Initiative. So because we're having um, a tremendous amount of uh, oil and gas coming into the United States that is not our own, I think it's important for us to know we're making our country seriously vulnerable to our adversaries. California gets a lot of its oil from Saudi Arabia and Iraq. That comes through through the Strait of Hormuz. Iran could shut that down just like that, and we'd have gas lines out the yin-yang like we did in 1979. We absolutely have to be energy independent. That's what helped us win World War I, World War II, and that's what will help us win the next war. I thought it was interesting when I was in graduate school getting that advanced degree in political science, international relations, I was reading through a book by Anthony Sampson called The Seven Sisters. And that book points out that, you know, the British government, after we won the Great War in in 1918, he said, we rose to victory on a wave of oil. 
and 80% of that was provided by the United States of America. So getting back to answering your question, when Biden just destroyed lives in America and closed down the Keystone Pipeline and all those people lost their job, I thought from an economic standpoint, this is terrible. But from a national security standpoint, it's dreadful. It's also dreadful from a humanitarian point of view because farmers and ranchers in our state Sir, our state provides over 400 commodities for this country and this world we live in. We provide over two-thirds of all the nuts and fruits that everybody consumes here and worldwide. Wow. We provide over a third, sir, of all, of all the vegetables that are consumed in our state and in our country and around the globe. Farmers need synthetic fertilizer. They need it badly because it helps crops grow strong. And, and we provided that to our farmers and to our ranchers for their li livestock to help, you know, grow the kinds of things that are needed for livestock. And, of course, we sold it to those farmers around the world. Farmers can't get it at this point in time, and those that can are paying a heavy price for it. We've got to make sure, from a humanitarian perspective, from a national security perspective, but also very much from an economic standpoint that we have enough oil and gas to take care of our needs in this country and overseas. Now, this is what I, I hope all your listeners will grab hold of. This is a message for Democrats and independents, who I hope listen to this show as well, Doc, because they need to understand that we can make the production of fossil fuels, clean, entirely clean. I mean, we have the cleanest production of fossil fuels than any other country in the world. That stuff we get from the Middle East or from other countries is dirty. We have the cleanest oil and gas in the world. Yeah. But we have now the 50 major companies have found a way to capture the carbon off of an oil rig or an oil refinery, they can process this. It's called CCUS, Carbon Capture Utilization and Sequestration. We can capture it. We can process it. We can store it or we can make money off of it. And we can send it to a third world country that would love to have some electricity where people would love to move out of a hut and get into a facility that, you know, actually uses electricity. Right. This, this, this is important. So I looked at what Biden did on day one, and I started praying. And I, I thought to myself, I've, you know, here I have two degrees in political science. I've always, I mean, just, I've, as a student of history and someone that loves politics, I thought to myself, I need to pray about running because Diane Feinstein's giving up her seat. That seat's going to become available, and I, I need to see what I can do to help our, our state and our country. Water. You know, we keep hearing about how people are having problems having enough water in our state. I'm telling you, Doc Washburn, we don't have a water problem in the state of California. Any state that says they have a water problem, their problem is, is not not having enough water. Their problem is water infrastructure. Everybody in this state should know 
And everybody across this great country needs to know, for example, here in California, we have something called the Sierra Nevada Mountains. When that snow cap melts and runs down the mountain, it goes into the Pacific Ocean. If we just saved 5%, 5% of that snow melt, we'd have more than enough water for everyone in this beautiful state. But if we started manufacturing and providing fog capture systems for people in our state and every other state in the union, fog capture systems were invented by the Israelis. It pulls the moisture out of the air, sir, and it can turn it into 100% pure, clean drinking water. Fog capture systems. Read it on my website, people, denisegarypandle.com. Absolutely. It's a crazy little thing called irrigation also. You know, Ms. Gary Pandle, those sound like some fantastic ideas. You have great insights. But let Thank me ask you. Yes, ma'am. Let me ask you now. The last Republican to hold a statewide office in the state of California was Arnold Schwarzenegger, who left office of governor over 12 years ago. The last Republican to serve as a United States senator from California left office over 30 years ago. Why do you think 2024 might be the year that California is ready to elect a Republican to the Senate again? Because my positions are nonpartisan. I mean, what's partisan about saying to the people of this state, we need water infrastructure? What's partisan about telling the people of this state that we need to make it legal to have rainwater capture systems? We should be able, every farmer and rancher, anyone in this state, anyone across the country that has a state that makes it illegal to have a rainwater capture system so they can have some free water for their personal needs, for the needs of their livestock, for the needs of their farm. Why wouldn't we make that possible? Why wouldn't we have more um, off-stream reservoirs? This is... This is what Democrats and Republicans and independents need to get their thinking around. NEPA, the National Environmental Policy Act, was passed in 1970. That needs to be overturned, not because we don't all want clean water and clean air. Our, the, first, the first conservationist and naturalist was a Republican leader in the White House, and his name was Theodore Roosevelt who set up the park system. I mean, the Republicans have always been environmentally minded. We care about the environment also. That's why I'm talking about why we we should have water in abundance. We should be able to put a fog capture system on our property or rainwater capture system. We should be able to build infrastructure because right now, because of NEPA, that National Environmental Policy Act, we've got groups like FERC, the federal Environmental Regulatory Commission up there in Siskiyou County. I was up there on the Oregon border in Siskiyou, and the government, federal government through FERC, was destroying four dams. They completely destroyed that. They're completely destroying the fishing industry. That's food we eat. They're destroying farms and ranches. Those people who had homes there are all being destroyed. We're in the midst of food shortages worldwide. Great Britain, our ally, is cutting back on certain fruits and vegetables that they're not, they're not providing because there are food shortages that are emerging globally. In terms of oil and gas, you know, China and Russia and the Islamic world 
if they join forces, which they could, and they still may, and India is a non-aligned country, I mean, who we have to appreciate the fact that energy independence is also extremely important, and we're vulnerable in that area. So I think these are nonpartisan messages, but even more importantly is school choice. How many parents out there are Democrats and independents as well as Republicans that do not want their children to be confused about their identity? We've got public school teachers in the state of California that are putting kitty litter boxes in their classroom because some little girl or some little boy thinks they're a calf that day or they're going to pretend they're a calf that day. And so they're trying to oblige them by putting a kitty litter box in their classroom. The public school system is not focused on reading, writing, and arithmetic, and they should be. But they're busy teaching critical race theory that tells our, the youth of America that it's important what color your skin is. Your skin color is not important. Your, what is important is to learn how to read and write and learn, get a hold of science and engineering and math, STEM classes, science, technology, engineering, and math. That should be the focus in our schools but it's not. And so we need to give to parents the opportunity to put their children in the best school that they can find and have the money to do it. And that's, and if anything, that should actually maybe help public schools because competition is good. Exactly. And teachers should have some competition in the public school classroom. So instead of the school unions fighting, you know, teachers unions, excuse me, fighting against this concept, they should embrace it. Competition makes everybody work harder and be better. And besides that, there are some children that have special needs. And if their parents want to put their child in a special needs school, their tax dollars shouldn't be dumped into the public school. It should be put into the school of their choice. Speaker McCarthy, under his leadership in the House of Representatives, got that parental bill of rights passed. Thank God. But because we didn't have enough Republicans in the United States Senate, it didn't get passed in the U.S. Senate. I want to work with Speaker McCarthy and the Republicans in the House of Representatives and, and and the senators and say, let's get school choice passed. Let's get a parental bill of rights passed. Let's let's support our parents. Let's support the educational systems in America. Let's support those communities that really are working very hard. I mean, we've got some excellent academic institutions here for children right here in Kern County where I live. That needs to be available to every child. Also, I think another thing that really resonates with Republicans, but also many Democrats and independents, is this message. And that message is this. Let's make crime illegal again. We need to, Yes. We what? need to enforce our laws. And if a state, and you know, the federal government, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but the federal government gives a lot of money to the states. And 
that money should be withheld. It should be used as leverage if we're going to have people in this state or any state in the union that's not going to enforce our laws. That's critically important to bring back the rule of law. Let me ask you about that because probably most of the people watching this interview have seen viral videos online of criminals um, shoplifting from a Walgreens right. or CVS in, in San Francisco, from high-priced jewelry and clothing stores in L.A., with impunity because of prosecutors. Well, not just because of prosecutors, but if, if I recall correctly, and correct me if I, I got this wrong, your state legislature in California with supermajority of Democrats in the state Senate and the state house uh, passed a law saying, you know, if it's less than $900, 999, 999, basically a thousand dollars. If it's less than a thousand dollars, don't worry about it. Yeah. Just let it go. Yeah. You have all these drug stores shutting down in San Francisco uh, and, and you have other, Chains across the state saying we we can't do this anymore. I think you have insurance companies going whoa 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 whoa. Yeah, we can't do this anymore. Um, so people outside, people in the other forty nine. Well, maybe not the other forty nine. You, you have some similar things going on in New York, but people in a lot of red states look at California and they're saying we don't understand how this could possibly be happening. In, in the U.S., as, as someone born and raised, uh, and, and for the record, when uh, Ms. Gary Pendle mentions Kern County, that's home of Bakersfield, home of the late, great Buck Owens. But, and, and Speaker McCarthy, he grew up here, too, yeah, as, yeah. Did our, as did other, uh, our former governor and uh, Supreme Court justice. So people outside California see these viral videos, and they're like, how is it that people would keep voting back in people in your state legislature who would pass laws like this? You want to talk about food deserts when grocery stores start shutting down because they can't stop people from shoplifting. You're going to have what we call in the South, a big old mess. Uh, maybe you could explain to us how your state arrived at, at this conundrum. It was called the social justice reform movement. And it said, okay, we're not going to hold people in jail uh, because after all, a lot of people can't really afford to post bail. And that was, that was a, a big mistake. You, if people are likely to commit a crime, the moment you release them, you don't release them. And if they can't pay the bail too bad. So, this is it was it was all part of the social justice reform movement and and the problem is we absolutely have to get back to basics and that means that when anybody breaks the law i don't care how small it is they need to be held accountable now if some if somebody's hungry and they come in i mean i know that there are people that you know if somebody's really hungry and they come in still sandwich I mean, I, I know shopkeepers that'll say, oh, let them have it. Okay, that's their choice. They're running a business. If they want to give a loaf of bread to somebody that's hungry, that, that's up to them. They can decide to do that. 
And there are a lot of giving people, a lot of good people that provide all kinds of things for the poor here in our area and up and down the state and across this country. America is the most generous country on earth. So I say if somebody wants to do that, great. But nobody has a right. Nobody has a right to steal from somebody because that takes their right away to be able to defend themselves and keep their doors open as a business owner. We have to get back to the rule of law and enforcing the law. And I think any organization within the state, whether it's a DA's office or the attorney general's office of a state, they need to be held accountable. And that's why we have to clean house. We have to, we have to clean house. We've got to get a Republican back in the White House that's going to work to enforce the law. But we also need to hold these state legislatures and Democrats that are governors of these various states accountable for not enforcing the law. Because this, this, is, the, this is what establishes civilization. You cannot have a civilized society when, when civilization and the rules that keep that, that society safe and secure and the people within it safe and secure if you cannot enforce the law. So I think that's critical. Our interview with Denise Gary Pandel continues in just a moment. If you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase a vehicle online if you have any questions. One of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental U.S., redriverauto.com. You'll be glad you did. I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar? fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life and migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away and the migraines went away for good. Whatever malady you're suffering from, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped so many people I know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, 
TurnMyPowerOn.com. Click on the tab that says Find a Doctor Near You, and I sure hope you can. Mike Lindell says, because of your amazing support for MyPillow 2.0, he's expanded MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. So he's clearing out his percale bedsheets by giving them to you at closeout prices. King-size percale bedsheets, only $39 a set. Queen-size, only $35 a set. Full-size, $29. And twin-size, just $25. Use promo code DWS to take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime offer. Right now, Mike's biggest My Slippers closeout sale ever is on. Get Mike's all-season My Slippers and Sandals at clearance prices. Mike's all-season moccasin slippers are just $25. Mike's My Slipper Sandals are just $19.50. They're both made with Mike's patented impact gel that absorbs and relieves pressure so you can comfortably wear them all day long. Just use promo code DWS for huge discounts. Remember, DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com, quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. Now, here's more of our conversation with Denise Gary Pandel. We also need to clean house in the Department of Homeland Security. My late fiancé, Philip Haney, who wrote a book called See Something, Say Nothing. He was, they went after him in the Department of Homeland Security under the Obama-Biden administration. And Philip Haney stood and, and he went before the Senate Judiciary Committee and he gave testimony. In fact, I believe Ted uh, Cruz, what Senator Cruz was the chair at that time, if I'm not mistaken. And he testified about how the rule of law was not being enforced by the Department of Homeland Security. And he, again, Philip was a founding member. You know, he was hired by the Bush administration and, and he was there to provide intelligence information on the terrorists coming into the country that were involved with lawlessness, nefarious activities that created and caused terrorist attacks in our country. I mean, whether it's on the local level or the state or federal level, you have to clean house. And there's ways that we can do that by defunding organizations or threatening to defund them. There's, there's, we have that leverage and we need to use it. That's absolutely critical. I, I look at the border crisis and, you know, I hear even Republicans um, on Fox News say, well, we need, you know, immigration reform. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't need immigration reform. We need to enforce the law. We have a thing called Title Eight, Section 1182. And Title Eight, Section 1182 states that no one can lawfully enter this country without being vetted. Number two, it says nobody can lawfully enter this country if they're going to be a ward of the state. People that are crossing their border, are many of them are lying and saying, oh, I need asylum. They don't need asylum. They're just looking to get from the United States because the moment they cross, what are we giving them? Cash. We're giving them transportation. We're giving them clothes. We're giving them food. We're giving them medical care. We're giving them dental care. We're paying for it. They know that. Just get across the border and they can get to anywhere in the United States that they would like to get to and they can take advantage of our welfare system. It's wrong. Title VIII says that anybody that crosses crosses into the United States that has any criminal ties or has committed a crime in their country of origin 
should not be allowed. What vetting are we doing? Right. There's right. there's no physician. It says in title in title eight section eleven eighty two. It says if anybody has a disease or sickness, they're not allowed into the United States. We used to at the turn of the last century, there was law enforcement and medical professionals that were there at Ellis Island and were checking people as they came into this country because we wanted to care for the people of this country. America first. That was that was the focus on making sure that people who were entering the country would be an asset to the United States of America. And that's what President Trump talked about. People need to come into this country. They can make a contribution. And our law-abiding people will become law-abiding citizens. And it's, it, I think it's incredibly important for us to know that in terms of you know, the amount of, amount of dollars we spend on education, a lot of people coming into the country, a lot of them haven't even had a sixth grade education. So these, it, I, I think that the bottom line is across the board, we need to enforce our laws. Amen. And, and the only thing I would add, I think, is regarding human trafficking. I'd like to just say something about that very quickly. Sure. You know, slavery in the United States was addressed by the people of this country. Back in 1854, when the Kansas-Nebraska Act was passed, there were 10,000 Americans who came together in the North. And those 10,000 Americans somehow managed to meet at the same place at the same time on the same day because they were thinking about establishing a new political party that would be an anti-slavery party. I want the American people to know that the Republican party was established in America as an anti-slavery party. And we had a man that had the guts to run on an anti-slavery party when it was very dangerous Yeah, to, to run on that kind of a platform. But we, we had such a man and his name was Abraham Lincoln Amen. and he became the 16th president of this country. And he fought and slavery was ended and he initiated the Emancipation Proclamation and it was published on January 1st, 1863. And when we won the war, the 13th, 14th and 15th Amendments were passed. I want to say to every American, the Democrats have brought slavery back to America. We have these drug cartel members that are running these slave trade operations in every state in the union. And we've got Islamic terror cells that are facilitating the process. We've had tunnels coming into California for years. And people and weapons have come through those tunnels into California. And, and it's got to be stopped. And I so appreciate the fact that President Trump was building that wall, not just above ground, but underground, to order to stop that flow. And I'm telling you, children are kidnapped and, and they're oftentimes also, you know, organ harvesting is a problem here in America. Their organs are harvested and they're sold. These kinds of things are horrific. What is the Biden administration? What are the Democrats in California and in Washington, D.C.? What are they doing about it? Nothing. I want to get legislation passed that not only makes human trafficking a serious felony, but punishable by death. 
because I'm here to tell your audience that no child can survive for very long being raped over and over and over again every day of every week of every month. They die. They're drugged, they're beaten, they're starved. They're forced into the sex slave trade, and it's horrific. Adults don't last for more than seven years, according to everything I read and understand. They can't survive, if, and, and very few survive even to, to be able to live for seven years in that kind of horrific uh, environment. We've got to end the slave trade in America once more. And we've got to get Denise Gary Pandel elected. I'm going to ask everybody to make a contribution. I need to win this. You need contribution, ladies and gentlemen, in order to build name recognition statewide. Right. And that that costs money to do those radio spots, those television commercials. It costs over 250. I think it costs over 250,000 from what I was told by my team to run a spot on television for one week only. Yeah. We need people's help across the country and we need people's help in California. And I hope they'll go to Denise Gary Pandel and make a contribution today. DeniseGaryPandel.com. You mentioned Philip Haney and I had no idea that you and he were fiancés and I, I'm so sorry your loss. Well, we were going to elope uh, in April of that year, but he was found shot on the side of the road, a uh, uh, sh- shot to, uh, I guess, his heart area. And um, I got a call from the sheriff's department up there in Plymouth, California, and uh, they they gave me that information. Um, they said it, they, they thought it was suicide. I don't believe that. I don't either. Philip was trying to get to President Trump at the, you know, he wanted to get that information about what the Obama and Biden administration were doing to right. to facilitate a lack of intelligence information being shared to the FBI and uh, other agencies within the government, for example, local sheriff's departments, et cetera, that could protect our country. You know, Philip had intelligence information on that San Bernardino massacre right here in California. Yes. Philip had information on that uh, Fort Hood, Texas. He had information on the nightclub um, uh, bombing in uh, Florida. The Pulse nightclub, Orlando, the the mass shooting. That's right. Yes, sir. I interviewed him. I interviewed him on my old radio show. Oh, great, great. Local radio show in Little Rock, Arkansas. When his book, See Something, Say Nothing. Say nothing. I wanted to show you this. This was this was Philip Haney's book. Right, right. So I interviewed him when his book came out, and I was horrified to hear that he had put together a lot of information yes. about the jihad against this country. And when the Obama administration came in, the orders came down from on high to delete his information. Well, they were deleting him right in front of him. He was at his desk and he was looking at his files in which, I mean, he was following various terror cells and individuals throughout the United States. Yeah. And all of a sudden he was at his desk and he saw these files being deleted. He went in and put in a, a kind of code to try to save as much information as possible, put it on a flash drive. He used to wear that flash drive around his neck. And he wanted to get that to President Trump, and his handlers never made that possible. 
And wow. now it's back in the possession of the FBI. But the but the inspector general of the FBI after Phillips' death came out that next year in 2021. And I, I wrote an article for the newspaper. It talked about how even the inspector general of the FBI said the FBI dropped the ball was on that, various was, terrorist attacks. Was that Horowitz? Yes, I, know sir. I believe I believe it was in 2020. Which is yes. over the FBI. Yeah. Um, that just went when you mentioned that he had been your fiance, that just kind of took my breath away because it took me back to not only the interview, but the very suspicious death. And it's uh, it's heartbreaking and it's and it's infuriating. And uh, people- well, he and I used to do a podcast. We did a podcast together every week for a while. Wow. Well, people yes. who treat politics as some sort of game. It's not. Don't realize what is at stake here right. are making a huge mistake. Uh, you, you mentioned the environment earlier. Uh, Joe Biden's climate czar, John Kerry, recently announced the world is going to need to really attack agriculture. Right. It's the leading cause of carbon emissions, which leads to climate change. Um, you, you probably, to, to take this on, you probably feel like Willie Mays, back in the old day, and it's an underhanded pitch, and I think you probably put in the left field uh, uh, bleachers. Uh, go for it. Thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, the, first of all, you have to have some carbon dioxide in your environment. It is called photosynthesis, and it helps plants grow. Yep. And, and there is absolutely nothing new under the sun. And all the research that climatologists have done that I've spoken to up and down the state, what I call legitimate climatologists, they point out that there have been periods of time in our, in, in, on the Earth's history in which there have been global warming periods long before we had tractors, long before we had cars, long before any kind of industrialization in the modern world. So there have been periods of times in which we've had global warming and global cooling. And if I'd like to remind the audience that these extremists that are in the environmental community used to tell us from the 40s to the 70s, go back and check it out, that we were all going to freeze to death. So we were told there was going to be global freezing and we would die. Now we're told it's global warming and we're going to die. It'll change again. There's nothing new under the sun. Global warming, global cooling, long before we had an industrialized modern world. And in fact, what's fascinating to me is they made a great big deal out of the rainfall we had this last year in California. But when I went back and I looked at the historical record, and I love history, and I'm a student of history, and we did a lot of research. When you have top secret clearances, as I did for many years, and of course, as Philip did, you do a lot of research in in that industry. And so... You know, it came to my attention that hundreds and hundreds of years ago, dating back to the 1600s, there were times of flooding and there were times of very, very little rain. But, yeah. it, but it's an ongoing cycle. It's not new. There's nothing new under the sun. Amen. And so I, I would just like to say that uh, I don't think people should worry about it and be frightened about the weather. It's hot right now. It's summertime. Temperatures have been this hot before. That's nothing new either. Yeah, I think the main concern uh, people should have should be about people like uh, John Kerry. I fought in Vietnam, and I'm here to rip you off. 
Oh, that's weird. I thought I turned the uh, the sound down on my on my phone. That's okay. No problem. Uh, so your website lists national security, energy independence, and California's man-made water crisis as your three top issues. Water crisis, um, right. Let, let me ask you, I, I, I'm sure there's there's another one that you have. The Republican Party used to be the party of smaller government, lower taxes. Yes. These days, it's sometimes difficult to tell the difference between Democrats and Republicans on spending. Does our $32 trillion debt concern you? And, and does that qualify as a national security concern? Yes, sir, it does. We need to balance the budget. I'd like to get those middle class tax cuts made permanent. And I'd also like to, as I started talking about at the beginning of this show, deregulate the economy. So I talked about NEPA. That has to be overturned. And I want everyone to know that every family in America is spending about $15,000 per household, per household, $15,000 on regulations. There are 3,600 regulations that are putting our country in deep debt, is costing our people in America trillions of dollars every year. We have got to deregulate this economy. You know, uh, Ronald Reagan, one of the things that he talked about was getting rid of the Department of Education. That could help balance the budget. Getting rid of the Environmental Protection Agency, that would help balance the budget. Getting rid of all these regulations like FERC that destroys dams in California and across the country. I mean, dams can prevent flooding, can provide water for farmers and ranchers, can help put out fires when those helicopters send their buckets down and it pulls up water and it helps put out a fire like it does in our state. I mean, we have ways where we can cut the budget and cut spending. We need to do that. We need to cut. We need to cut some of these uh, social entitlement programs. We need to get back to welfare, but with with that caveat that people have to get back to work. I don't. I want to help everyone. Absolutely, give them a hand up with the idea that they get the training through vocational or technical training. They get a certified. They get a job. They get back to work. Every able-bodied person in America shouldn't be on welfare. We shouldn't be giving money away to people that can take a job. And, you know, and I hear people say, well, you know, I can't do manual label. Well, okay, sit at a desk and answer the phone. I mean, <laughs> you or, know, get another kind of job. There's lots of things say, people can do. The conclusion of our interview with Denise Gary Pandel is coming right up. You know, the great Ronald Reagan once said, inflation is as violent as a mugger as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Here are five profound benefits. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. They don't tend to depreciate over the long haul. And last but not least, number five, precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. Andrew Sorcini with Beverly Hills Precious Metals has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Beverly Hills Precious Metals brings precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. Mike Flynn told us about him. 
and they are our gold buyer of choice. To find out more, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Make sure you ask about the General Mike Flynn Silver Coin and tell them Doc Washburn sent you. Beverly Hills Precious Metals helps folks protect their finances, wealth, and investments. If you want to drop your big liberal cell phone carrier, Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, is a perfect solution. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. And switching to Patriot Mobile usually only takes 15 to 20 minutes. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you shift your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Yeah, let me ask you something. Why continue shopping big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now you can get around this crazy inflation by shopping factory direct at a family-owned made-in-America manufacturer. Americans are walking away from the big box conglomerates and deciding to buy only USA. Join with fellow patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. These products include fresh American-raised beef, raised in the Montana mountains near Yellowstone. This beef is known as never ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics, hormones, or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Email us at buyonlyusa at proton.me and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Buyonlyusa at proton.me. And now the conclusion of our interview with Denise Gary Pendel. As we used to say, learn to code. I mean, there are a a bunch of different things people can do. Look, speaking of national security, which is your forte, it seems as if the Biden administration and not a few Republicans in Congress relish the idea of engaging in a hot war with a nuclear power called Russia. Now, as a political scientist focused on national security, what are your concerns about Ukraine and Russia? Well, I like what George Washington, one of our founding fathers, said. He said the way to prevent a war is to be prepared for it. Yeah. And we should have said, we should have had somebody in office. And if I had been in the United States Senate, trust me, I would have been very vocal. We needed to have a president say to all of our allies in Europe, Western Europe and very importantly, Eastern Europe, we're going to take care of your energy needs. We're going to provide you all the oil and gas so that you're not giving one dime, one dime to Russia, that great big gas station. 
yeah. in Asia. They wouldn't have the money to go to war against Ukraine because we would have been taking care of our allies as we did in World War I and World War II. So we need to get to energy independence. We need to be the world supplier. That gives us leverage when we're negotiating with foreign countries to say, we'll take care of you, but play ball with the United States of America. Putin has been saying for years and years that he wanted to reestablish the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, of which there were 15, yeah. 15 republics that were part of the Soviet Union. Ukraine and Poland and many of those Eastern uh, European countries were part of it. My people are from Estonia and Latvia. That was part of the Soviet Union. These people want to remain free. But Putin, Vladimir Putin, the dictator of Russia, is always telling him he's going to take them back and put them under the communist umbrella of Russia and reestablish the USSR. So the way to do that is to take care of our allies. You know, I I think about, look at batteries even. I mean, here in California, we have the Salton Sea. You, there in Arkansas, your your Republican governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is going to start drilling for lithium ore. She's going to manufacture batteries. She's going to help your state prosper and grow its economy, provide jobs, but also be able to have batteries so we're not importing from China. We could do that here in California. We need to become independent in every area. Medicine, we're getting our medicine, antibiotics, and and cancer drugs, chemotherapy drugs from China and India. Yeah. Yeah. And what's happening? We have across America a shortage for our cancer patients. We don't have the chemotherapy drugs for cancer patients in America that we once did. We don't have the antibiotics available to the American people because we're getting them from India and China. And oftentimes they don't meet our standards here. And people have gotten sick from taking those drugs from China and India. That's got to end. We need to be self-sufficient. It's all part of our national security. So, You know, with regards to that war in Ukraine, it never should have started because we should have had the leverage in our hand to negotiate and take care of our allies and say to Russia, nobody's going to buy oil from you because we've got their back. We'll take care of it. That's what needs to happen, Doc. Let me let me follow up on that. Obviously, Putin is a is a dictator. He's a really bad guy. Anytime. There is any kind of political opponent with any kind of backing to him whatsoever. Uh, these people die in mysterious death. They, they're murdered. They're assassinated. Right. right. Um, by the same token, um, Zelensky, by all accounts, is not quite a choir boy himself. And you got the Biden. No, but we don't. But, but, but we, we don't want him to turn to communism. Mm-mm. No. No, because the moment that country falls, communism. I'm talking about the fact that he's closing up churches, he's putting priests in jail, he's shutting down opposition media, he's shutting down opposition political parties, and that's okay with Biden because Biden's got a lot of money from places like Burisma. You know, let me ask you a question. Sure. Yeah. So, 
are, are you aware that the churches that were shut down were pro-Russian Orthodox churches? These are, these are churches that are advocating for war against Ukraine inside Ukraine. So evangelical churches, in fact, one of the churches I attend here in California, okay. uh, the, those aren't being shut down at all. Okay. In fact, they're providing a tremendous amount of aid and support and standing with the government against human trafficking and trying to help those fleeing from war. So the, the churches that were, from what I understand, and, and I don't have top secret clearances at this time, sure. but based on the information I've been able to get a hold of, only those churches that were pro-Russian and advocating for Russia to uh, come into Ukraine and take over that country were, were closed down. Even Abraham Lincoln closed down the press press in this country that were advocating for slavery and for the war. Right. It's just, it was part of just surviving this war effort from what I understand. I'd also like to point out and, 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 and ask yourself the question and, and Republicans and and everybody across the United States needs to ask themselves the question. If you have a leader that's controlling Russia, that's being backed by China, and China's building a Belt Road initiative all the way across the Asian continent and, and, right. and headed towards Europe, you have to ask yourself, with China, Russia united, and Russia developing leverage over all these, these countries through their loans, um, that with such high interest rate, these countries won't even be able to pay it back in, in Africa and in the Asian continent. Yeah, right. But when you look at that and you think if Ukraine falls, who do you think Russia is going to go after next with the backing of China? Who? They're going to go after Poland. Right. They're going to hit every Eastern European country. And they're going to use those people in those countries to grow their army. Right now, China has the largest standing army right. and the largest navy in the world. Right. They're putting online a coal plant every about eight days. Oh yeah, They've got hypersonic ballistic missiles built underground throughout China. We don't even have the proper missile defense defense system in place in California to, to manage that kind of possible war scenario. Right. I'm just saying Russia and China had 11 warships, a flotilla of warships, flotilla of warships right there. Next to Alaska. We've been, Alaska's been invaded before. Alaska's been invaded by the Russians before. Alaska's been invaded by the by the Japanese before. Japanese World War II. You have to look at the big picture, Doc. Right. So so, so we don't we don't we don't we don't step aside and allow a democratic country that's fighting for survival and doesn't want to be under the the jack the black boot of Russia. Right. One more time. Ukraine was invaded by the Nazis and it was horrific. They were invaded by the communists. It was horrific. Right. There is not a single Eastern European country that ever wants to fall under communism again. Right. Exactly. And if we allow Ukraine to fall as these countries that are now part of our NATO team, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, we will be in a war. So I'm telling you right now, we better hold them at bay in Ukraine so we don't have a hot war in Poland. So we don't have a hot war in Moldova. Moldova. So right. we don't have a hot war in Bulgaria. So we don't have a hot war in Germany again. Right. So my question is, with Hunter Biden taking money from China, Russia, <laughs> and Ukraine, does the Hunter Biden connection enter into any of this? Well, of course it does. It's compromised our security. Right. Yes. What I mean, you know, when you think about the fact that Biden 
Biden administration signed a deal. I believe it's I believe the name of the corporation is QI Labs. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Now they have been caught selling toxic chemotherapy drugs here in the United States. Biden signed a deal with them. They've wow. already been flagged by this administration. I mean, yeah. what kinds of things are going on like that? And I just mentioned the one. I mean, we don't have time for me to go into everything. Yeah, right. But, right, right. but I'm looking at that one deal that was signed. What is the Biden administration doing? Signing deals with China. Why is Biden releasing assets? I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's in the billions to Iran in order to get back six Americans. I mean, is Iran going to use that for, for medicine and for food for the people of Iran that are hungry and thirsty and need medical attention? Not, a, not, not or, a, or is he going to use it to fund the IRGC, the yeah. Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, right. Hezbollah, the party of God that have cells, Islamic terror cells in America and right there on the border in Mexico? I mean, we have to ask ourselves, what is the Biden administration doing? They, they're using up our oil reserves, our strategic petroleum reserves. They haven't filled it back up again. Those That's supposed to be there for a time of emergency. You know, ask yourself these questions. Right. You have to wonder what's going on behind the scenes to make us increasingly more vulnerable in terms of our security here in California nationwide. Well, even Barack Obama admitted on the Iran deal that he knew some of that money was going to fund terrorism against Americans. So if it didn't bother Obama, it's not going to bother Biden. There's no it's question. It's never bothered Biden. Biden didn't even, Biden absolutely didn't want to go after um, uh, Osama bin Laden. I mean, he was against the, that, that raid on that compound in, in Pakistan, That's in right. which our intelligence people knew he was there. I had a student in one of my classes who told me when he was in Pakistan, that Osama bin Laden and his family went to the same mosque. I mean, I I have no idea why the Obama-Biden administration didn't take care of Osama bin Laden multiple times. Well, you know, bin Laden's compound was just a few hundred yards away from Pakistan's version of West Point. They all knew he was there. Right. And they he attended knew. mosque openly yeah. in that area. Yeah. And so, I had students that saw him there and, you know, came over to our country that weren't vetted at all and told me face to face. I It was just fascinating. Yeah. Now, uh, let, let me ask you about a couple other things. Our country went through a lot of restrictions during COVID hysteria. Um one of the worst states, of course, was your home state of California. As a United States senator, what would you do to try to protect people's constitutional rights in the event of, of an emergency, real or imagined? Well, as a United States senator, I would absolutely hold anybody that tried to shut down businesses and churches. Uh, ab- absolutely, and I would work to do whatever I could. I mean, I would look at what kind of defunding opportunities were available, right. and what we could do to leverage 
uh, our position, my position as somebody that believes we have to uphold the supreme law of the land, which is the United States Constitution. I mean, federal law, state law, and local law I mean there's nothing that can abrogate constitutional law. It's the highest law in the land. And it says in Amendment 1 that every American has the freedom of religion, speech, press, the right to peacefully assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances. And that fourth clause in the First Amendment, the right to peaceably assemble, was violated in the United States and particularly by Democrats. So we have to remind people of what our constitutional rights are and to peacefully assemble is one of them. So absolutely, sir, I I completely would stand against prohibitions that would violate our religious freedoms and our right to peacefully assemble in this country. And that means going to a restaurant if we want to go to a restaurant. If you don't want to go to a restaurant because you're worried about something, then don't go. Right. But don't prevent other free free citizens in America from exercising their right to freedom. Now, speaking of speaking of our First Amendment rights, are you concerned with all the revelations that have come out recently about the federal government coercing social media platforms? Oh, of course. To violate the free speech and even free press rights of their users. Remember, October 2020, um, the FBI goes to Facebook and Twitter and says, hey, um, we're thinking something might drop pretty soon, alluding to the Hunter Biden platform. And so the New York Post stories on that were just shut down. Right. And a percentage of people who voted for Biden are like, you know, if that story had come out, I, I don't think I would have voted. Well, let's hope not. Biden. But you got 51 former intel agents going, oh, what? all the classic earmarks of Russia disinformation. Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah, that's the ticket. I mean, what 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 should we do about that? Because I'm thinking if you get elected, Senator. Isn't that voter fraud? Isn't that part of voter corruption? Yeah. If you get elected. Fraudulently, fraud is, is a fraudulent practice that misled the yeah. voters of the United States of America. Yeah. So if you win the Republican nomination for Senate from California, going to be elected uh, next November, odds are 2024 will be an historic red wave year with a new Republican president control of the House and the Senate. Um, all these things we're talking about today. What, what do you think that you guys could accomplish? Uh, not limited to, but certainly including um, protecting our First Amendment rights. Well, we, we absolutely need to go after those individuals that did not allow free speech. They need to be held accountable, and they need to be held accountable by the Department of Justice. Yeah. So you have, there has to be overview. We have to look at what they did and hold them accountable. And that's exactly what the Republicans are doing in the House of Representatives right now. But we need to have a majority in the United States Senate so that we can come alongside the House and make it all happen. There right. has to be consequences, a punishment, a consequence for violating freedom of speech and freedom of press in the United States of America. People fight and die for those freedoms. And people that, that, people that prohibit them, that ban them from being exercised, need to be held accountable. Absolutely. 
Now, Ed Morrissey, a columnist over at HotAir.com, is now reporting. He's got an article which came out yesterday. Guess where California plans to get energy to stabilize its power grid? He says, hint, it's not fossil fuels. It's not nuclear power. It's not even wind or solar. Although the state will undoubtedly keep expanding both. The answer, California's largest electric utility, Pacific Gas and Electric. And for my classic rock fans, that's more than just the name of a, a band with, uh, had a one hit wonder. Pacific Gas and Electric. Yeah, that, that's, that's the biggest uh, electric utility right. in California. They want to suck the batteries of electric vehicle owners plugged into charging stations to stabilize the grid during unstable periods. The Ford F-150 already allows for bi-directional charging, but that was sold as a benefit to the owner as a kind of independent generator for hundreds during, uh, for, for households during blackouts. But Pacific Gas and Electric wants to use it to commandeer all electric vehicle batteries and use their power to prevent grid collapse. My question, what could possibly go wrong? There's only one reliable source of energy for, for an electric grid. The only reliable source that can ramp up and ramp down an electric grid. And that's fossil fuels. Yep. We're talking oil. We're talking gas and we're talking coal. Yep. And we have the cleanest coal production in the world. Liquefied gas should be called green energy. I mean, if you're going to put a label on something for the environmentalists to make them happy, liquefied natural gas should be called green. And and we and fossil fuels is what can reliable reliably ramp up and down an electric grid. I'll tell you a little story about Texas a couple of years ago. In Texas, people died. Texas people died in the winter time. Because some Democrats figured, oh well, we'll put our we'll make our electric grid dependent on solar farms, wind farms, and hydroelectric. Well, guess what? The water froze, the wind didn't blow, and the sun didn't shine, and people died. Those people that depended on that electricity in hospitals, prenatal centers, I mean across across that whole area and in other parts of in parts of other states. People die because the only reliable source of energy for an electric grid is fossil fuels. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question about it. The The idea uh, that your biggest power company in California is saying, hey, I got the idea. Uh, we'll just take the energy from these electric vehicles when, when they charge. It reminds me of the words of the, uh, of the late, great C.S. Lewis, uh, some ideas are so ridiculous, only intellectuals will accept them. Can I ask you how much your electric bill was this last month? You could, and I would tell you if it weren't for the fact that my wife handles the bills. So I Okay. Well, uh, I was talking to a man in Tennessee, and I know you're in Arkansas, but I was right. talking to a political consultant in Tennessee yesterday. Yeah. He said his electric bill was, I don't know, it was getting close to $300. My electric bill here in the state of California that I just received was $700. Wow. I have never in my lifetime heard of such a thing with regards to an electric bill. It was more than double what it ever was. And I keep my thermostat, I keep it at 82 degrees, and it's not comfortable. But I try to be careful because I'm putting every dime into this United States senatorial campaign. 
but my bill was $700, keeping it around 81, 82 degrees in my home. That's crazy. We have to get Denise Gary Pandel elected to United States Senate. Before we close today, I'd like to remind people once more, you can't build name recognition in this state to get the help you need without money. Right. And I hope you'll go to denisegarypandle.com and look at look at how you spell my name. Denise is with a C. denisegarypandle.com. Please make a contribution. If you know fundraisers that can go to work on my campaign, get contact me through my website. Let me know. I need more fundraisers. This is a huge state. And, you know, I need fundraisers everywhere in the state to raise the kind of money I need to defeat Adam Schiff. Katie Porter and Barbara Lee, because you don't want them in the United States Senate crafting policy that it's not going to just affect Arkansas or California, ladies and gentlemen. It'll affect Arkansas. Yeah. United States senators affect the whole nation, not just the state from which they were elected. So if you want lower gas prices, if you want lower food prices, if you want more jobs created across this great country, And here in California, if you want to be energy independent, battery independent, if you want to have your medicines produced properly and cleanly and up to standard, you're going to vote for Denise Gary Pandle for U.S. Senate. Absolutely. Well, that sounds like a great closing message. Um, Ms. Gary Pandle, I appreciate so much you coming on the program today. And and we wish you uh, Godspeed. And with God, all things are possible. Yes, sir. the idea of a Republican getting elected U.S. Senate next year from California. Every bit possible. Yeah, that would go into the category of all things. So. All things. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Washburn. It was just beautiful being on your show today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Same here. God bless you, and we wish you Godspeed. You too. Thank you. And it's time for our Tweet of the Day, brought to you by RedRiverAuto.com. Red River Auto, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online the way you want to. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Tweet of the day. Today's tweet of the day, it's kind of a two-parter. Starts with a tweet from um, a woman. I guess her name is Mega Verma. Mega Verma. And it says she is into art, history, literature, science, best-selling writer on Substack, experienced educator, wife, and mother. And she says something kind of unusual. She says, if a man is ever changing diapers, there is something seriously wrong with the relationship or with the order of the home. It is a sign the family has much bigger problems. Well, I'm sure you won't be surprised if a lot of people take issue with her assertion. And one of them is a Lutheran pastor named Don Stein. He says, quite literally, the first advice my dad gave me when I became a father was this. He said, your wife will have endured such pain as you will never know to give you such a gift as you yourself could never have, show gratitude. Change every diaper you can. 
Dad was right. Dad knew best. That's our tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverAuto.com. Thank you to Mitch Ward and the crew at Red River Auto. Tweet of the day. You've been watching episode 402 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Be sure to hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel to help our videos be seen by more people. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. And that's the way it was, Friday, August 11th, 2023.